Welcome back. Numero nueve up in here. We still getting it. Another very special episode of Ballin' Ain't a Hobby. We are gonna go over some all-stars since it's about that time that we start thinking about the all-star game. Adam Silver said this year's no exception. Even with COVID, we're still going to do this. And let me introduce the hosts. But before I do that, friendly reminder, follow us on Twitter, follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Ain't a Hobby. Just uploaded our first podcast video where we go over the MVP from last week. And we're going to continue to post more, more, more stuff like that. But we shall see. Either way, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And let me introduce you to Gene the Don over here and Senor Brandon over yo, yo, there. Yo. Yeah. What up? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Feeling good, man. Ready to talk some all-star. Yeah, sir. Oh, I thought you were going to say ready to talk some smack. I was like. <laughs> no, nah, we'll see if it gets there. <laughs> My guns are holstered. You know what it is. Hey, bang, bang. Put your hands on the sure. hip. Ready to go, though. Yeah, where are they at? Hands up, we shooting, you know, just like Draymond. But um, all right, yeah. So special episode. We're gonna go over our starters, reserves, and we're gonna have two extra spots at the end. There's gonna be fringe players because this year is stacked. Some real good players have been competing, putting up numbers, and so we're gonna discuss those at the end. But we're gonna break it down by conference. First things first. You know, we're going alphabetical, the Dewey Decimal System, and we're going to start with the East. Um, I'm going to start it off and say with my my starter for the East, I'm going to go a little unorthodox right here and say that uh, James Harden is a point guard, and he's in my starting point guard position, which I don't know how you guys feel about that. Is that valid? Is that cool? I'm right there with you. I agree. We're both right there with you. All right, cool. I was ready to come in defending his honor, and you guys, I don't have to do that now, so you made my life easier. Damn, we're all on the same page. Well, it really helps. It really helps that he is leading the league in assists, so we don't have to go too far to say Mm -hmm. that. I I mean, but people are trying to dock him. Do you guys, so you guys don't obviously don't dock him for what he did in Houston. He still was averaging like 20. I mean, he honestly was averaging pretty close to the same stats. It's just looks a lot better for some reason on the nets he's obviously playing better but like i mean i he did what he had to do you know it, it you know let's not dwell on the past he's just, he's one of the best five players in the east let's give him a starter spot right yeah i mean definitely deserves a starter spot one of the funny things you know while leading up to this was just that his value over replacement more than doubled going from the nets compared to when he was in houston and that's honestly hilarious to me because he clearly wasn't trying, and now he's trying. If his uh, value over replacement doubles, that's a pretty big leap. But, I mean, leading the league in assists, I mean, just overall, he's probably been the most consistent one because he's been playing more consistently than Kyrie and Durant. And, I mean, I think that's a pretty clear lock and not even a stretch to say that he is a point guard at this point. Um, whereas Kyrie's starting to look a little bit more off the ball. and Did you guys hear that uh, ISO. Kyrie, I guess, actually said, like, uh, like from his, he said that he went to James Harden, like, last week and said, like, James Harden, you're 
the point guard and I'm just going to be the shooting guard. And now that I guess they just switched roles. I mean, this is basically, they basically had those roles like since James Harden's got there, but now I guess it's official. But even then it's, I don't know. It's not really, I don't know if it's up to Kyrie. That's more of a Steve Nash decision decision, but either way, it doesn't matter. They're both guards. Like they're both there. Then it's not like either of them are great defenders either way, but yeah, I, I think it shows great maturity from both of them, uh, specifically Kyrie to understand that even though he's nominally the point guard on every team he's played on, like, James is just better at him, better at it than him at this point. So for them to come to that agreement, that's that's pretty big for this team as a whole. So yeah, I, I think it's it's it makes their team a lot better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that was the one of the biggest thing is how their fit is, and for them to, for Kyrie to come out and say like, hey, you're going to be the point guard. I want you to handle the offense. I'm going to do my own thing off the ball, and because that was one of the biggest things that we weren't sure about is how is Kyrie going to handle off the ball. Is he going to like that? And clearly, for him to give the reins over to Harden with point guard speaks volumes and I think solidifies that James Harden is the point guard for all Eastern Conference All-Star team. Yeah. Yep, unquestionably. He's also leading the league in minutes per game at 37.7. So, it, like you said, to start out the way he did in Houston and then to have this massive turnaround in terms of overall production and what he does for the team, there's no question he should be the starting point guard in the East. Yeah, and it's not even taking away what he did for Houston. I just thought it was an interesting fact that, you know, he, he's he got a box plus minus of 1.1 with the Nets compared to 0.5 when he was with Houston. So that's a crazy thing. But, I mean, his assist number's only gone up slightly, averaging 10.4 when he was with Houston. Now he's averaging 11.8, which, you know, it, that is a substantial increase, but he's also has Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and even Joe Harris to, to make shots for him. Um, but after that, I'm going to go straight to the two guard, and this is honestly not that hard just because of he's putting the whole team on his back, and that's Bradley Beal for me. He's my, he's my two guard, and I already hear the scoffs. <laughs> it, was, it was a tough selection. Uh, so, all right, you got Bradley Beal, right? He's averaging 33 points. Great. He's averaging 47% from the field, which is good. 34% from three, which is all right. And he's taking like almost eight a game. He Bradley Beal's having a great season, but like I have Jalen Brown as my two guard. He's averaging 26 points a game, and he's doing that with also having Tatum on his team, who's also averaging 26 points a game. Brown is is shooting 51% from the field, 40% from three. Like I think he's play, he's play he's one of the best defenders in the league right now. Like I think Jalen Brown's just a better player this season at least than Bradley Beal. Maybe not you know overall, but I think Jalen Brown's just having a better season than Bradley Beal. But I do understand Bradley Beal for sure. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'd rather have Bradley Beal on my team than Jalen Brown. Uh, I would probably still rather have Jalen Brown. It's more of at this point popularity for the All Star game because he is putting the team on his back. I mean, clearly he's getting a lot of hype, and he is the leading scorer in the league right now. 33 points per game. Yeah, at 33. So that's that's huge. That's one of the – I mean, to, to not have the leading scorer start in All-Star game, that's pretty unprecedented, and I don't want to be the one that to break that. Yeah. The way he scores his points are unlike pretty much anybody in the league. He can come off pin downs like Klay Thompson. He could handle the ball like Kyrie Irving. He could score in isolation like any of the best in the game. So – he, he's too good at what he's doing. He's putting up ridiculous points per game averages to, like Abel said, you can't lead the league in scoring and not start in the All-Star game. Jalen Brown has better percentages, and he's doing it with Jason Tatum, and he's doing it in, with the okay. playoff team. If we're going to say he's defender. doing it with another guy, 
he has a way better team around him. Not by much, but definitely a better team around him than what Bradley Beal has in Washington. So I, I just think that Jalen Brown is maybe set up in a better situation. So you say it's a bad thing to play with Tatum. I would almost say it's a good thing to play with Tatum. Who's who's Bradley Beal's second best teammate? Yeah, Russell Westbrook. I mean, it's, it's not Russ. <laughs> Russ is a net negative for that team. When Russ yeah, but that's play, that's what it, that's what it's saying. Is that's that's who the second guy, unless you count. I mean, Re Hashimura. It's probably be the next one up after that. But, I mean, giving it to, you know, Kemba, you got Jason Tatum, even, you know, Tice is probably better than any frontcourt players that isn't re on the Wizards. So I hear what you're saying, and that's kind of the biggest thing for me is, yeah, I probably would have Bradley or, uh, yeah, probably would rather have Jalen Brown on my team for his defensive presence and consistency and obviously upside because he's a lot younger. But Bradley Beal's killing it this year with little to no help. Sure, his usage is way higher. I mean, that's what, I think the advanced stats just show that Jalen Brown's just have, having a better season. I think Bradley Beal's just chucking up shots because it's just like their team has no defense. Like they're playing at just such high scoring games. Like it's just, it just mathematically, he's just going to score more points. But but the value over replacement, Bradley Beal has a higher value over replacement, slightly by point one. Higher box plus minus by point two. You know, it's it's close, and that's why we're having this discussion. Very close. But yeah, but and but you know, I still feel like obviously the usage five percent higher usage at thirty six point four compared to thirty one point four, and but lower t- turnover percentage, assist percentage is way higher, which in my opinion is a lot harder with the support system he has compared to the Celtics. But besides that, pretty hand in hand. And true shooting, I mean, hand-in-hand, hand, 59%, 60%. So they're pretty close. And don't get me wrong, Brandon, I mean, a little little teaser from from the on the future. I got Jalen Brown, first guy off my bench, because he's having a terrific year. I mean, I think at this point he's pretty much overtaken Jason Tatum. As See, that's, that's the thing is I got Bradley Beal, like, a couple spots down on my bench, to be wow. honest. You're dinging him. Wow. But, uh, but I mean, right. you guys get it. Brandon's a winning basketball guy. Hot, hot. If you're a loser, you can't make the cut. Yeah, hot, hot. He's a he's a hot take guy for sure. I, I was almost there with him. I just the points per game are so. Gaudy. But it's just points it's, per it game. Just it's just I, it's just more about percentages for me, and it's just like shooting thirty four percent from three is just at, at like eight shots a game is just not. I mean, thirty four is fine, you know, but it's just not great. Where like Brown is shooting forty percent from three, f- over fifty percent from the field. Like he's just turned into Career like highs great. For he, both. And that's the thing is too is you don't know how real it is. Maybe Brown does you know regress towards the end of the year. We're we kind of have seen Beal still early. turn it on like this, you know. So that's why I, 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 I yes. yeah, it's it's hard, hard to argue really either way. You can go either way with them. They're both are pretty good. Yeah, but that's that's why I push back a little bit because the true shooting percentage is pretty much hand in hand. I mean, sixty to fifty nine. So yeah, while the the normal three point percentages are there, it, the true shooting is hand in hand, and the player efficiency rating, the event stats says that Bradley Beal is not as inefficient as you're making him seem i mean well i'm not i'm not saying he's inefficient i mean this is the like we're splitting here's between the all-stars and like the starters so that's why <laughs> Thanks. like Thanks. I, i'm not trying to say he's inefficient i'm just saying he's not as efficient as Jalen brown but i i, hey, I probably am being a little harsh on him but hey, i came with the torch man i don't <laughs> yeah. not my fault you weren't ready all right <laughs> but all right i glad right off the bat you know we we agreed too quickly yeah i didn't i didn't like that we agreed too quickly so that was a good you could switch up and uh, let's all right. Let's go on to the front court though. First off, the front court for me, KD. Are you you guys with me there? Yep. Unanimous. You can't 
Yeah, pr- come off an Achilles injury hey, like he's this. He's having like one of his best years yeah, ever. Yeah, let's just you know we know what he's doing. We know what he's capable of. Twenty nine points, seven point three rebounds, five point three assists. He's shooting fifty two percent from the field and forty three percent from three. Like the guy is just unguardable. He's the best offensive player in the league right now. And somehow averaging 35.7 minutes off an Achilles tear, which is not fucking human. So, I mean, it's there's no roster that is not going to start Kevin Durant. You put him in either conference, he's starting at small forward. Yeah, exactly. So that's a pretty pretty straightforward pick. We've kind of been flip-flopping between straightforward and controversial picks. But let's move on to the next front court pick. And that, for me, is Giannis, just yep. as a power forward. And who do you guys got? Another no-brainer. Yeah, no-brainer? All yeah, right. another no-brainer. All right. He's, he just does what he does, man. The guy is unguardable at the power forward position. I'll, I'll go with the stats. 28 points per game, 11.5 rebounds per game, 5.7 assists per game, averaging a steal and a block. 56% from the field. 56% from the field is definitely impressive. You, you definitely question the, the three-point percentages and why he's even shooting at 28%. But... Yeah, but he's still uh, third in the league for player efficiency rating at 28.1. So it, this is another lock at the starting position. Yeah, he's shooting them because they're giving it to him, man. That's literally what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah. And, and you, you can't be Ben Simmons out there scared to shoot them. So you got to shoot them, and that's the only way you're going to get better. And I respect it. And I think one of the early season things that I predicted was that Drew Holiday is just going to make him way more efficient. And that shooting percentage is pretty evident of that. You don't have to be a genius to decipher that a good ball handler is going to make you a good off-ball player, especially with high percentages. But another clear-cut guy, and I think, honestly, the last one on on the starting squad is going to be pretty clear-cut, especially piggybacking off of our MVP race, and that is Embiid, the big man. And are y'all with me there? Yep. Unquestionably. Yeah, yeah. You guys want to go over the stats? I know we kind of did a big player profile. On him last. 29 points, 10 rebounds, 51% from the field, and 40% from three. And one, like, defensive player of the year candidate. I mean, he's just the best. Like, him and Jokic are obviously the two best centers right now in the league. Yeah. Yeah. He's leading the league on player efficiency rating at 31.1, and his true shooting percentage the, for the volume, the only person that's ahead of him is Steph Curry. His true shooting percentage is 66.5%. So, what he's doing is just <laughs> yeah. shit that he's never done in his career. Yeah, and he's making way more, way better decisions like we talked about in the post. Ma- taking smarter shots, I think one of the biggest things was him forcing too many fadeaways in the post or just for- forcing bad passes, forcing threes when he could take a drive to the rim. And for him not to do that this year and utilize the weapons around him just makes him so much more deadly and pretty evident in terms of their record and just how good they've looked so far this year. So very deserving of that five spot right there for the East And this is where it's going to get spicy because we're going to be talking some reserves now. And like I said, first guy off the bench for me um, was Jalen Brown. Kind of talked about it. I mean, who's the first guy off your guys' bench? Because clearly I know Brandon has Jalen Brown in the starting lineup. But Joe, are you with me with the the first off the bench? Yeah, I also had Jalen Brown. The Career high in assists shows that not only is he working better on his scoring, but averaging 3.4 assists is, I mean, it's not like it's eye-popping in any way, but the fact that he's increased his playmaking is just shows that he's becoming a more complete player. Yeah. I mean, I'm loving the usage, honestly. Over over 30% usage. I know they've had some injury problems with Jason Tatum, 
having COVID and Kemba not starting the year, but I, I don't think that's a fluke, and I don't necessarily think that that's something that happened due to injuries. I think that that was just his progression and how he's flourishing as a young superstar. And the value over replacement is always nice. Yeah, he got added out. He got an extra opportunity, but like he made the most of it. You know, like he's yeah. he's playing up. You know, to what he could do. So I don't think it's a fluke. Yeah, the writing was on the wall. Honestly, like I think any more than casual NBA fan seeing his last two years, like you knew he was taking leaps, and this year just felt like that leap. As soon as he chopped that that high that high top, I was like, oh man, this guy came to party, came too fresh. But Brandon, who you got? Who you got? All right, so uh, yeah, my first guy off the bench uh, is Kyrie Irving. You might have heard of him. He's uh, he's averaging twenty eight points, five assists a game. You know, whatever. Fifty three percent from the field and forty four percent from three. I mean, Oof. he is just lighting it up right now. Uh, I mean, he's not a starter just because I think Jalen slightly been a little bit better, played the whole season, but and Harden, I think it's just better too but Kyrie's been pretty good I know he missed you know those like two weeks people are probably gonna dock him for that but he's an all-star to me yeah and he he's the other guard that I have on the reserves along with Jalen Brown is Kyrie um I mean like you said just great great efficiency shooting what is it uh his efficient field goal percentage is uh, 61 percent which for a guard is ridiculous he's actually got one of the highest out of all the guys that I qualified to be in uh, him and Steph, but we'll talk about Steph later. It's, it's just like, that's ridiculous for a guard to be shooting over 60% in terms of your efficiency field goal yeah. percentage. So, I mean, pretty clear cut. And he's honestly looked really good in crunch time. Although James Harden, we talked about how he's become more of the point guard for the Nets. Kyrie Irving's starting to become a little bit more of that closer. And that is a perfect role for him is play off the ball. And when he really needs to get some ISOs and just, you know, put that game in some ice. Yeah, I actually, hot take, I had him uh, omission. I'm, I mean, oh, I'm not very proud of it. He was definitely my. on my honorable mention. But like you said, I, I want to ding him for the time he took away from the team. And Did you not listen to Draymond like, Green last night, dude? <laughs> I heard everything Draymond Green had to say. He's, he's a great guy. He's definitely a pro player. I'm pro player as well. But when you step away from your team and say for personal reasons and you get called out for being at a family party without a mask, I don't think that totally qualifies as you have mental health issues that qualifies as you have selfish issues. So I'm not trying to say he's not an amazing player. I'm just saying he said he needed a break and he took a break. Hey, everybody's entitled to a break. I'm just saying you got to communicate to your employer what that, you're doing. Why you Yeah. Steve Nash, not knowing what he like saying he had no communication was the, I think the biggest part, but the fact that I mean so the team not, like it it wasn't a problem though. The thing is like the team didn't wasn't complaining. The coach wasn't really. I mean, and they're winning now. Like I feel like it wasn't really. Why that, would you, like, you can't, dude? There's no way they could make it a problem. They're not going to alienate the third best guy on their team. Like they kind of just had to roll with it. I'm, I'm just saying, saying we haven't heard like, any reports of anybody mad about Kyrie with that situation. So it's not for us to decide that he's ruined the team's chemistry when like the team is clearly fine. If you. And I get but like if you, you want to win a championship, you can't start a problem. You have to just accept it. So I I don't I agree, look at it yeah. as like this wasn't a problem. It was like they didn't want to make it a problem. If they did, then they would have had even larger issues. I'm not saying he's not deserving. I'm just saying, like you said, the games that he missed, and then when he came back, he tried to play hero ball, cost them a couple wins. Like I, I'm just digging him for those. His numbers are amazing. They're definitely all star worthy. I'm just saying 
for the bigger picture, this is a snapshot of 25 games, 28 games. I have him as an omission, but when the season's all said and done, he's definitely going to be an all-NBA guy. So who do you have in, in place of him? So my second guy off the bench is Ben Simmons, and this is really just because of what he does as a whole for the team. I mean, he's averaging 15 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per game, 8 assists, 1.7 steals per game, 0.8 block a game, so 2.5 stocks a game. That's impressive enough. And then he's leading the league in defensive block, defensive box plus minus, and he's ninth in the league in defensive win share. So what this guy's doing defensively, like obviously I said Joel Embiid is my DPOY, but having someone like Ben Simmons flanking him is the real reason why this team is the best in the Eastern Conference. And I just think they deserve to have two guys make the all-star team and the way that Ben Simmons has played. I mean, last night he went for a career high 40 points and it resulted in a loss, but I definitely wouldn't put it on Ben Simmons. He, he just does everything you want in a basketball player and he can guard one through five, except for shooting, except for shooting, but he can guard one through five. So I I just think if I'm going to pick anybody off the bench, I think Ben Simmons should, should be the guy outside of Jalen Brown. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, he's probably the best perimeter defender right now in the league. And that's something that you have to take into account. Obviously, the All-Star game. At 6'10", too. Like, it's wild. Yeah, he's 6'10", yeah. And he's the best perimeter defender. <laughs> it yeah. makes no sense. So I'm, it's a cheat code. I'm man. not hating on it. I mean, funny enough, he was yeah, one I, of the I guys that off. I have on the – I have him on the – he's the first guy I have on the edge. Yeah, first guy off wow. for me. Uh, respect, respect. Yeah. I mean, that's the Kyrie spot. That's I basically swapped Kyrie for Ben Simmons. Yeah. But – and – for me, it's just pretty much like popularity-wise, I think Kyrie's a more popular player too. And True. his game is built a little bit more for the All-Star game compared to Ben Thanks. Simmons. Nobody plays defense, man. He, you're not going to be able yeah. to really... Yeah, what is Ben Simmons going to do in the All-Star game? Hey, in the Elam ending, <laughs> he's going to get some fucking stops. That's, that's what I'm going to He's going to yeah. win in the game on a defensive play, on a steal or something, yeah, man. Yeah, First dude. time ever. Hey, in a COVID season, that's, that's the only ending we need. <laughs> But, I mean, I, realistically, that's kind of the biggest thing. And Kyrie's just being super efficient. But I don't hate the pick. I mean, I, I'm all about defense. I, personally, defense wins championships, in my opinion. And right. to have the best perimeter defender on the all-star team is not a hot take, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't um, hate it. I just, I'm surprised you have him so high, though, to have him yeah. like that. Second guy off the bench, like you're really in on Simmons. Yeah, I'm a little biased. I mean, I have him in fantasy, and he's like since he came into the league, he's just someone that I always love to watch. Yeah, like I, I love him too. I think this, he regressed this year. I think though, that's the thing is, I feel like he's regressed this year. But but I would say it's not his fault. I, like I, we we said this on previous pods, the way that the team is set up, the center position is going to be utilized to their best capabilities, and we saw it last night with and beat out and Ben Simmons at the center. He put up 40 points. So. I don't ding him so much. I think the way this roster is constructed, it's not there to make him as good as he can be. So I, I just, I just wanted to show him some love, especially with them being the one seed. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll just he'll he'll probably hit another. He'll get some All Star games later in his career. I just don't know if this is going to be when we look back. I don't know if we're going to say this is one of his best seasons. But I, I don't, I don't hate the pick. He's one of the best defenders in the league. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah he, he's close to averaging the triple-double. Not that that means anything, but when you put up these numbers, it's just like, I don't know. It's it's hard to ignore the statistical advantages that he has and then the overall game advantages when you see him. They, they win when he's on the court. Yeah, you want to talk about omission, man. He lost the Kendall Jenner duel, so that's an omission for me. Yeah, that was an L. That was an yeah. L. I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah, so that's an omission for me. So um, that was pretty much the deciding factor was that one game. 
Now, all jokes aside, <laughs> anybody else got any guards that they think should be on the reserves? All right, so my next guy, second guard, is our guy, the home favorite from Chicago, Zach Levine. 28 points yeah. a game, five boards, five assists, 51% from the field, 43% from the, the from three. He turned into Kyrie Irving this year. We'll see if it lasts, <laughs> but he deserves all-star consideration it's kind of going into this exercise i wasn't sure people had him i know at the edge some people had him you know starting some people had him completely left off and like i don't see how you can not have him as an all-star honestly i mean there's a lot of people i probably could see some people maybe getting voted over him but i just think he deserves to be an all-star this year you guys have levine on your all-star teams yeah, I got Levine on my all-star team. He's on uh so I, we obviously we're doing the starters, we're doing a bench and we got two extra ones. He's he's um he's my one of my two extra ones. Because yeah, what yeah. he's doing is ridiculous. Obviously the stats are there averaging 28 points like you guys said. Turnovers, he's minimized them, you know, under 4, still too high in my opinion, but they're on their way down. Another guy that's his field goal percentage is efficiency field goal percentage over 60%. So you can't hate on what he's doing. And as a player in his decision-making, he's making way better decisions because that was his Achilles heel is he would take bad shots. He would make bad decisions and bad crunch time. And for him to see him progress past that, it's becoming more reflective on the Bulls. The Bulls are a way more competitive team. They're competitive in pretty much every game. They're in it to the end. They make spurts. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes they'll lose uh, lose leads but that's definitely all-star worthy and then we're talking obviously we, we live in Chicago but we're talking about a huge market and that's another thing that plays into account is Chicago's a huge market and they have arguably their best score since Michael Jordan who you know he's on pace to, to compete with Michael Jordan with a lot of Bulls scoring stats and and field goal percentages and all that jazz so I'm definitely with you I mean Joe are you also did he also make your team or was he just outside no, he, he made the cut for me. The The points per game really stood out. And then as a longtime Levine detractor, uh, my biggest criticism was always his defense. And this year, I have to give him credit. He's actually trying a lot more on the defensive end. He's, he stays in front of his man. I mean, he's still a victim to ball watching. It's It's been the thing that's plagued him his whole career. But he's he's way more active on defense. Even if guys blow by him, he's still contesting shots. So I have to say he's earned the right to be in the All-Star this year. That's what's up. That's what's yeah, up. Yeah, I think – I think I mean his defense is still pretty bad to be honest though. No, yeah, just, yeah, he's not locking anybody up. Relatively, he's getting better. I just uh, yes, I, I, th- there's been a, a a comparison between Zach Levine and another player who is Trey Young, who has been on people's All Star teams, and I think Zach Levine is by far having a better season. Trey Young yeah. is like shooting forty one percent from the field and is I think a worse defender just because he's just smaller. Like, Dude, he is like worst one of the worst the like, defensive yeah, plus minuses is, in the league. Literally exactly. the worst defensive. Yeah. yeah, no question. Yeah. So that like yeah, I, so I don't know. Spoiler alert: I don't have Trey Young on my team. I don't know if you guys have him on your team, but yeah, nah. Chicago bias. Yeah, but, we might yeah. be biased on that, but honestly, I think we make more sense. We make more sense, man. Levine's playing at a way more efficient clip. I mean, the Bulls look like a better team than the Hawks. It's sometimes as simple as that. 
if the team and they have a better better record as well. Am I not mistaken? Uh, they're pretty close. They're pretty close. Uh, they're like right around. They the have same. the same exact record. They have the same exact oh, okay. record. But okay. one team is trending downwards. One team is trending upwards. You know, I think the the Hawks right. are trending downwards. One team's going to the moon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hold, hold, hold. If you're a Bulls fan, all right. <laughs> yeah, hold the line. <laughs> Just not 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 Trey Young, not Otto Porter though. You know, yeah. we could probably flip them a little bit. Um, yeah. But all right, guys. So that's our guards for for the bench that you know we're talking about. Let's move on to some front court players, some bigs that are going to be coming off the bench. One of the guys, you know, might be in a mission just because of all the games he all the games he missed, but he's been killer since coming back, and that's Jimmy Buckets, aka Jimmy Butler, and he's probably one of my first guards or first one of my first front court players off the bench. He's just been gaudy. In February, 20, 21.6 points per game, 8.9 rebounds, almost 9 rebounds, 8.4 assists, almost 2 steals a game in, in February. He had a trip, like 30-point triple-double yesterday. Yeah, 30-point triple-double against that the Clippers. That was the second one of the season. It wasn't even yeah. his first one. Yeah, yeah. so he, he's been a beast. And that's why, you know, he doesn't get enough street cred. Or he gets enough street cred. He doesn't get enough, you know, analysis cred. And yeah. that's why I think... He's my first forward off the bench. I mean, are you guys hating that pick? Or are you guys loving what, what's good? Uh, I mean, he was he just missed uh, my team. I think he's averaging pretty much twenty points, seven boards, and seven assists. Like he basically turned into like a mini LeBron this year, just out of nowhere. Like he really has turned it on, like you said, since he came back from injury. But uh, I think uh, he just he just there's I think a few people that uh have played. Slightly had slightly better seasons, especially considering when you look at how bad the Heat have been this year as a whole. Obviously, he you know he missed some time, but I think like you know we're splitting hairs when it comes to All Star team. I think he just missed the cut, but he he really was close. Yeah, he's had a, he's really turned it on the second half since he's come, since he's come back. Yeah, I tend to agree with Brandon. I I could not be a bigger Jimmy Butler fan. He's when you said the greatest scores since Michael Jordan, I think. Uh, Rose and Butler are the only. I two literally that come was to about mind. to like attack you for that, but then when I thought about, it, I was like, statistically, you're probably right. But like as a Bulls fan, like I was. But efficiency wise, yeah, yeah, efficiency wise, and when it matters, I think I would still take Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler over Zach Levine. But in terms of this All Star conversation, I'm with Brandon. He just misses the cut. Who do you guys have the in amount of games? Um, I I actually have Chris Middleton. I think. Chris Middleton is like the reason that the Bucks have played this well. He's he's the only guy I, f- I was able to find in both shooting lineups that's in the 50-40-90 club. He's shooting 51% from the field, 44% from three, which is insane. Kyrie Irving was doing the same, and he's shooting 90% from the free throw line. on uh, 20.7 points per game, 5.8 rebounds per game, leading the Bucks in assists at six a game, and it's a career high for him. So I just think what he's doing for the Bucks on both sides of the ball is – People don't think about Chris Middleton either, so he's just one of those guys that deserves the recognition. So he he was a lock for me as a reserve. Yeah, I I don't mind that pick, but honestly, like I didn't give Chris Middleton a ton of consideration. He really was uh, far down on my list of honorable mentions that didn't make the cut. I'm really Damn. surprised you guys have. World. I'm surprised you guys have Middleton and Butler over Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is definitely my first forward off the bench. <laughs> Averaging 25 points a game, seven boards. I mean, 45% from the field, whatever, but 40% from three. I mean, he, he's a pretty good scorer. He's, you know, he, I think he's 
on his way to becoming, I mean, he was all NBA last year. He's on his way to becoming a perennial all NBA player in this league and a superstar. He's, you know, I think he kind of, since COVID has happened, he hasn't been exactly as the same player as he was, but I think That's st- my statistically speaking, he's still pretty close to like what Jalen Brown is doing, honestly. I think Jason, I think Tatum, yeah, is my first forward off the bench. So you guys, you don't even have him? Is that what you're saying? No, Jason Tatum is my second forward off the bench. So he, I'm right he there. He did with not you. make the cut for me. Wow. I gave it to Middleton over him only because they're not winning. So I, I wanted to reward the Bucks with two starters since they're winning, obviously. And I like the fact that Middleton is leading that team in assists is it's impressive, man. He's he's a small forward. He's not their point guard. So I just think what Middleton brings to the table, and he's beaten the Celtics in the playoffs a couple times, like being the guy. You know, like he was better than Giannis in the series that they've beaten the Celtics. So I, I just think everybody sleeps on Chris Middleton. So I I, I don't. I, I agree Tatum's a beast, but I think for what Middleton's done this season, the Bucks wouldn't be where they are without him. So I think Middleton gets the edge over him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not hating on the Middleton pick, especially with Drew being out, especially now with COVID. But, I mean, Jason Tatum, his numbers are just better in my opinion. And this is one of those cases where the numbers and how fun of a player is. I don't agree though, because 50, 50, 40, 90 shooting is like some shit that you see like once every like two or three years. But he's so not, I, he's I not doing it on volume is. though. Like, you know, like he's just doing he's it. He's averaging 20 points a game. Yeah, that's just 20 points a game. Like, why doesn't he do more than that? You know, if he if he could, if he's that Because he's leading the team in assists. He's literally like their point forward. I, I don't know, man. I, I push back and just say he's. Middleton is doing like his career best season, so to not have him on the All Star doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, especially from three, he's become more of a sniper for them, averaging forty four percent. Yeah, forty four percent, and averaging over three, over six threes a game. That's that's otherworldly right Gravity. there to be hitting at, at that clip. The Celtics would be better with Middleton on their team than Tatum. Anytime we do these hypotheticals, I, <laughs> I, I mean, just that's don't. How I just I, don't that's love how them. I compare it. That's how I do it. Like you, because you gotta like every player's in a different situation, so you can compare them. But like you, if you're gonna compare him, one player to another player, then you have to account for their situations. And if you switch their situations, how would they differ? And I don't think Middleton is raising the Celtics. I would say he's a better playmaker than Tatum, and he's probably better off ball than Tatum, and he's probably better off ball than Tatum. So like, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm not saying that they're gonna be like, oh, they're gonna be the first team in the East, but like. There is a case that him and uh, Brown would mesh a little bit better than him and Tatum because then Brown could be the lead scoring guard. So I don't know. I mean, I, I would push back and say there's a there's a world where the Celtics are better with Chris Middleton as their second best guy. Yeah, but Maybe. the Bucks might be better with Jason Tatum than Chris Middleton. Exactly. They could be, but I there's a little bit less floor spacing if you have Tatum in the Middleton spot. Who knows? Maybe Giannis's gravity allows for Tatum to shoot better. Tatum shooting forty percent from three. All right. No, I mean that that's enough to say that he could match what Middleton's doing. So I mean, did, I don't know. Middleton's a better ball handler. That's I, that's the one thing I think he has is he's a better ball handler. But I think Tatum is honestly probably better at everything else. I, I think I think they're both pretty damn good scorers. So I I can't really argue that Tatum doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying since the 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 Celtics are struggling, so that's why it's hard for me to say that like they deserve to have two starters when you're not the best team in the conference or like the top three team in the conference. I I always think. You should only have one starter, but obviously Tatum and Brown are two of the best young guys in the league. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where it gets, you know, pretty close. And Chris Middleton definitely deserving, like he's deserving of it. He's having a career year. 
he, I mean, the Bucks are having a better year, and it is definitely because of Chris Middleton taking that, that leap, and especially three-point shooting. 44% is pretty good. I mean, Drew Holiday, the advanced stats show that Drew Holiday is, like, his real plus-minus. Like, Drew Holiday is really, like, his his raw numbers aren't really jumping out, but Drew Holiday, I think, just overall has really helped that team just on it's both true. sides of yeah. the floor. But that's another it thing. It allows it's, Middleton to blossom. It'll, yeah, it, and it'll, it allows Middleton to not four shots because at the end of the games, I mean, especially last year, I mean, I've talked about this repeatedly, that Middleton, he would force shots because he was the primary primary ball handler and Giannis was working more off the ball and didn't nece- couldn't necessarily make his own place. To have that with Drew, it gives better matchups for Middleton and it allows him to take his time and not force things. And so, I mean, that's definitely huge. I mean, I also... Honorable mention for Drew Holiday. He was also on my borderline. He didn't make it, but he was definitely in consideration for me because he has, he, like like you said, the stats, the counting stats might not necessarily be there, but his advanced stats are there, and he's been really efficient, and he has made the Bucks way more efficient and deadly team. But, I mean, that's that's where we get into the biggest controversy, and I'm, I feel like we're still going to get more controversy because the next guy I'm going to say um, is Bam out of bio. And I don't know if you guys are there with me on that. What y'all think? He was my first cut because he's been amazing this year, but I, I have somebody else at this position. So he was also one of my first cuts after Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and Bam. Like, I mean, that's why I think this the East is actually really deep this year. But, I mean, I just, I every it seems like everyone wants to really reward Bam with an all-star appearance this year, which I think he could, he does deserve it, but... At the same time, the Heat are just not that great. And, I mean, I think there's just people that have had better years than him. And I think people want to give him the edge over certain players when I don't really get it, to be honest. I don't like Bam will get his due at some point. He'll probably get an All-Star game in the future. I just don't think he's really a... I mean, he's shooting 50, 57% from the field. Yeah, 57%. Basically 20 and 10. You know, like, he's doing pretty well. But I just... Uh, I got a couple guys higher than him. He was he's one of my cuts. I'm surprised Joe Joe has always been a big Bam guy. Surprised he he was able to do it. Yeah, I mean for me five dimes though five dimes is a pretty big thing in terms of playmaking. He's really yep. up that. I mean yep. defensive offensive win shares defensive offensive uh, block plus minus they're pretty much hand in hand. He's got two point eight offensively two defensively for a total of four point eight in uh, box plus minus. So. He's been really efficient, and sure, it hasn't necessarily been there with the it hasn't necessarily been there with the wins, but the Heat have been, have struggled. They they've they, they've played games where it's been Tyler Hero and him, pretty much just keeping keeping them in it. And realistically, they can't compete without Jimmy Butler. He he puts them over the edge, especially defensively, and he's also shooting sixty four percent with his true shoot, shooting percentage, which is really good. So that's why his efficiency and I think he's going to even have an even better year from here on out is why I put him in there. I would only agree that his shooting numbers are really what stand out. And then defensively, the only critique I have, and this is from Nikaias Duncan, uh, I think he's on Twitter as the same name, but he pointed out that on isolations, since Bam Adebayo is known as a good defender, he would switch more than he needs to. And he was averaging like 1.4 points per game scored against himself in isolation. And that's a really bad number. So while he's a good defender, there's just been some certain things this year where like you want him to understand his role a little bit better and not try to do everything because when you overextend yourself, I mean, that's why they tend to lose some of these games. So 
and it really did come down to the wins and losses, like you said. If they were on a winning team, I think he's no question on the starting lineup, putting up the points that he's doing at 19.7, the assists, rebounds, and defense. Like that's that's everything you want in a starting big. But they need to get more wins for me to have him in that starting or even in the reserve spot. He's he's my 13th man. He's the first one I cut. Yeah, for me, I mean, honestly, it came down to him and Sabonis. A little teaser. I don't know if you guys have Sabonis in there, but I want Sabonis. You do have Sabonis. Yeah, I want Sabonis. Yeah, yeah. See, and it came down for me. It's like the the free throw percentage as a big man, eighty four percent compared to seventy percent. The defense, you know, one point one blocks compared to point six, and the points are pretty hand in hand. And per thirty six minutes, Bam actually ends up scoring more points per thirty six. So it really comes down to Sabonis is just getting more minutes and getting more usage, and and he's probably on the better team. Yeah, without Butler missing so many games. Yeah, it, exactly. So that's that was that's literally the difference that it came down to me, and I had a feeling that Sabonis was going to be the one that you guys were, that made the cut over Bam. But so uh, Sabonis actually didn't even make my team either. Who I oh. actually who I went with is uh, Julius Randle, who I think is actually having a better season than Sabonis. Oh yeah, no, he's he's my first forward. <laughs> he's on my squad too. He's on my squad too. I don't. Yeah, twenty three points a game. Which is kind of crazy. Eleven boards, five point six assists a game. Again, going back to you saying assists for a big man, five assists a game, which he really has turned it on this year. Forty percent from three. Like Julius Randle has turned into Anthony crazy, Davis. Those are all career highs. All career highs. And Julius yeah. Randle is killing it this year. He might regress towards the you know the second half of the season, but this is a first half you know award basically and. I think he deserves to be an all-star based off the first half he's had. He's, I, I mean, yeah. the, the Knicks, I mean, people want to give Bam the edge over Julius Randle for some reason, but you look at the, like, the Knicks are ha- are having a better record. They're having a better season than the Heat. And you think like maybe at the end of the year the Heat will pass him up, but again, this is based off the first half, and Julius Randle is a, pretty much the reason, besides Tibbs, why the Knicks are actually pretty competitive and good this year. I think... Like he's a guy who knows if he'll ever have a chance to make another All Star team. Like I, I kind of want to reward him for the season he's had. So I gave it to him over Bam. Yeah, the the shooting percentage from three out forty percent is just a clear indication he worked on it in the off season and he's earned the spot. Yeah, I, I have him in there. He's he's my he's on that reserve list. You know where, where we get to. It was him and Levine, because yeah, I mean he's been balling and just dropped a career high. You know it's something that. He wants to take the shot. He's playing good defensively. He's getting in pass lanes. He's playing good on-ball defense. And that translates to the effort on offense, too, because he's always had an offensive game, and now you're adding in the three-point shot. You're adding in that mid-range step back. You're adding in a bunch of different offensive things that he already had because you already know he was a beast in in the paint. So I'm right there with you guys. I love Julius Randle, and that's one of the guys that – if not the guy, probably him and Levine are the two guys that I really hope that does don't get snubbed this year because they right. more than deserve that. Yeah, great yeah. stories because Randall's always been someone that we want to be better than he is, and this year he's exceeded expectations, so he's fully deserving of that reserve spot. No joke, he's been no joke this year, and I mean we'll see we'll see what the Knicks say once he makes the All Star team. Hopefully, um, anybody else that you guys think we should brush on that made the squad that that ends mine. So I got I got two more guys on my uh I got two more guys. Do you guys you got you got anybody else, Joe, left that you haven't talked about? Uh one guy I have, and this is solely just based on him being the focal point of their team, and if he was off the team, they would uh, for sure be in the lottery. That's 
Nikola Vucevic averaging yep. 23.7 points per game, 11.4 rebounds per game, three assists per game, one steal per game. And then the biggest thing is he's shooting 43% from three, 48% from the field, and 81% from the free throw line. Dude is a beast this year. He has yeah. been a beast, yeah. I, I, he's another guy I really hope. I hope he doesn't get snubbed. He probably will because he just the Orlando Magic are just so far off everyone's radar. Yeah. Their whole team is hurt. I feel bad for him because he just really is the only guy that shows up basically at this point. But he's still showing up. 23 points in like... Like you said, 43% from three. Like, he's always been a solid shooter, but, like, he is just a great offensive player right now. Like, he's, like you said, they, he's the only reason they're even somewhat competitive at this point. I think he deserves some recognition. Yeah, definitely recognition. I mean, it for me, it's a great assault because, like you said, Markel Fultz is out, Jonathan Isaac's out, Aaron Gordon's been out. So, you know, another guy's kind of the front court version of Bradley Beal where he's just getting uber high stats the player efficiency rating and the plus minus is great and the three-point shooting percentage is great so that's why i can't hate on the pick but for me it's just like bad team i can't put them in in the all-star game especially when uh you know there's some people that are definitely deserving it um so i would just push back and say then how can you have bam over vucevic if you're gonna say if (laughs) you don't want to have a guy with a bad team that like they're that, but is that a bad team, man? It's not a but, bad but, team. But they're, they're, we're talking about records. Like the Magic aren't that far off from the Heat, and I think Vucevic is having a better season than Bam. I think they might have the same record. If you're gonna base it off what's gonna happen in the second se- second half, the Heat will probably have a better second half than the Magic. But again, based off the first half, I think they have the same record basically, and Vucevic just had the better season to me. But it's close, I think. Yeah, yeah. But anybody else? I got one more. My last wild card that we haven't mentioned. Uh, Gordon Hayward, 22 Ooh. points, 22 points a game, five rebounds, 48% from the field, pretty solid from a wing player, and 42% from three. He's turned into the old school at Gordon Hayward, possibly even better. Like he's and again, the Hornets are pretty competitive. They might they're probably gonna hit that get that play in uh team. Like they're they're like Lamelo has been a big part of why they're good, but also Gordon Hayward has been the stability factor in this team and like he's the reason why they're good. I think. I think he, again, deserves some uh, recognition. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. He's played up to that max contract. He, like you said, they they go as far as he goes. While Lamelo is the spark plug, the generator of all the fun and excitement. If they don't have Gordon Hayward, there's no way they have a winning record. Yeah, definitely not. And I mean, his presence has just been great for the for the Hornets. We. I mean, I've talked about it in the past. He's been a great leader for the whole team and especially Lamelo's progression. And so I can't hate on the pick, and he's been super efficient. He gets the buckets when he needs to. And like you guys said, I mean, the Hornets are overperforming for a lot of people. I'm sure there were some people that were really in on them, but they still are overperforming individually and as a team. So I can't hate on that pick. And clearly, I mean, I'm a little bit biased, too. We talked about fantasy a little bit earlier. I did draft him in the fantasy squad. Shout out. Um, but uh, anyone else that we're missing, I mean, we could talk about some people that just didn't make the cut that we didn't talk about. Obviously, we talked about some that we disagreed. But for me, I mean, someone honorable mentions for me, Van Vliet is still having a good year, probably the best Definitely. player for uh, for the Raptors. And Clint mm. Capella. Clint Capella leading the league in rebounds. Mm. And probably someone that, I mean, not saying the Hawks are a defensive powerhouse at all. But he is leading the league in in rebounds, and 
He is probably the only reason that the Hawks aren't just letting everyone score 140 points a game because he's been gaining just defensive rebounds, almost averaging a double-double just with defensive rebounds with nine and a half a game and averaging 14 rebounds a game. 2.2 blocks. The points aren't necessarily there, but, I mean, plenty of people are going to be scoring for the Hawks. So that's another honorable mention that didn't make my cut, but I think they're worthy of being talked about. Anybody else you guys want to add or, you know, kind of uh, give me any pushback on that? Uh, we pretty much talked about all my uh, honorable mentions. Ben Simmons didn't make it. Jimmy Butler, Bam, Sabonis. All those, honestly, all those guys, if they made it over Gordon Hayward, I wouldn't really be that mad about it. They all kind of been pretty good. Uh, the one guy you, that you haven't mentioned, Malcolm Brogdon. I think, while Ooh. I don't think he makes the cut, I think deserves to be in the conversation. He's had a pretty good year. Him and Sabonis together have been really the reason why Indiana has been so good. And I mean, it sucks for Indiana now that they lost Oladipo and haven't been able to get Karis Levert to play. And obviously, Karis is more worried about his health, and we'll yeah. see if he gets back this season. But Bless up. just not having Oladipo now, and just having no like they just losing that extra ball handling player, like really kind of hurt their team. So we'll see if Indiana how they are the rest the rest of the season. But Brogdon, I think, is a uh, he deserves some consideration. But I don't think he made quite made the cut for me. And yeah. I mean Trey Trey Young's in the conversation, but he didn't really get too much real consideration from me to be honest. I'd rather have Drew or Brogdon make the cut than Trey Young, in my opinion. Um, I mean Brogdon, I've said it before, I'll say it again. He's probably the reason they let go of Oladipo so easily is his emergence. He's been great. He's declined recently, probably since Oladipo left because he's taken on a bigger workload. But still a great guy, still up there. I mean, we we had the most improved segment last pod, and I, I'm not I'm not 100 sure if we mentioned him, but someone that might be in the conversation for most improved at the end of the year. Joe, anything else? No, you hit it all. I really liked your Clint Capella mention. He's he's definitely yeah. a mentor to those guys as well. He's he's not that old, but like I've. In any Hawks games I've seen, he's always talking to Trey Young. He's always talking to John Collins, and just having someone like that, like you said, leading the league in rebounds, like that's that's someone worth honoring. Yeah, I didn't even think to consider him honestly, but now that you mentioned it, I think yeah, he deserves to be him and Van Vliet, who I both neither of them really I thought about much, but I, like now that you mentioned, they both deserve some consideration. Yeah. I flirted with Van Fleet. It's it's a, it's a similar thing with you with Joe saying that uh, you know Middleton's having a career year. Both of those guys are having career years. You know they're a little bit more low key, but they're having career years. Uh, I mean the Hawks they don't have a guy that gets down down and gritty for those rebounds, and so Clint Capella is a perfect mold for that because we 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 know John Collins is not going to be getting defensive rebounds like crazy. He's going to be trying to fan out for the fast break, but that might be a wrap for our Eastern Conference. That was solid. I mean, obviously, we got some close ones that everyone was on the same page, and we got some completely out of the ballpark where we were just arguing like crazy. But the East is pretty solid. Catch us on the next one. We're going to drop the Western Conference, too. Personally, I've been hyping up the Western Conference. These guys think the East is on the rise. But definitely catch us on that. Peace. Peace. Later.